0: podcast about movies for movie watchers or in this case those who have not seen particular movies uh, and who maybe don't want to admit that to their friends and loved ones. Um, I'm your co-host Sawyer Payne and I'm Ben Wessels. Those damned loved ones they always get in the way. of It's true so many questions like are you eating all right? Have you seen 1973's Westworld? Do you drink water? Um, yeah. One
1: of those questions is what like we will be addressing tonight.
0: <laughs> yes, and it is about drinking water. Drink it, babes. Hydrate or digrate, as my former co-workers used to say. <laughs> Hydrate or di Hydrate funny. or didrate. That's pretty good. Um, I like that. And if possible, watch Westworld nineteen seventy three because that's what we're watching tonight. Uh, written and directed by Michael Crichton. You may know him uh, for just his big old body of work.
1: Does have a pretty impressive body of work. But
0: in keeping with the theme of the podcast, I've only ever seen one of those, and that was Jurassic Park. Yes. Um, uh, this is actually his directorial debut, um, so to speak. He had he had done one TV film, uh, Pursuit, in 1972, um, but this is this is his first major directorial uh, directorial outgoing.
1: Um, he's primarily known as an author is that correct correct yes the author of Jurassic Park uh, of uh, this uh, of Westworld Mm -hmm. uh, among many others and you mentioned he directed this but I'm remembering correctly he did not direct Jurassic Park I don't believe he did that was wasn't that
0: that was Steven Spielberg I was gonna say wasn't that Spielberg that was Spielberg (laughs) and (laughs) and what a wonderful film that was but I want to make sure I wasn't crazy but funnily enough you may ask uh, dear listener Sawyer uh, isn't Isn't Westworld an HBO show? Isn't that a a TV thing? (laughs) Yes. Like Jurassic Park, Westworld is an adaptation um, of a Michael Crichton work. And in this case, it is 1973's Westworld uh, starring uh, Richard Benjamin, James Brolin. I always love a James Brolin movie. I don't know about you. Mm. Um, uh, And Yul Benjamin. Or excuse me, uh, Yul Brynner.
1: Uh, I don't think I've seen James Brolin in anything where he was young. I've seen a lot of his guest roles, like, (laughs) post-2000. James Brolin came out the
0: womb old as
1: dick. This will be interesting. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Uh, Congratulations, Mrs. Streisand. uh, It's an old man. (laughs) Um, For those of you who didn't know, James Brolin is... uh, no, sorry. Back that up. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin is okay. the son... I was gonna say... Of... No, 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 no. Back something's that up. not right here. No, no, no. Um, Josh Brolin uh, is the son of James Brolin and Barbara Streisand. Okay. Um That makes more James sense. James Brolin. But 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 I feel like same thing. I feel yeah, like I Josh Brolin... I don't think Barbara Streisand's that ancient. She isn't. But James Brolin certainly is. And many apologies to Mr. Brolin if you're listening. I don't think you are. Probably but not. Probably not. Um, maybe someday. Maybe someday. On his deathbed, he'll say, Before I go, I want to listen to From Under the Rock.
1: Play me that podcast. Play me <laughs> that old... Said such casually unkind things about me.
0: <laughs> um, th- th- yeah, that, that's honestly the only unkind thing I have to say about James Brolin. Um, because I don't know him as a person all that well. Hmm.
1: So maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I prefer that to remain in the fog of ignorance, Ben.
0: Hmm. Um,
1: fog of ignorance. A great place to exist. It's and, so sad so uh, How comforting it is to just stay there. But on the subject of grow. actors that we really, really like, um,
0: there is an actress in this film that I think you will recognize. And I won't tell you, okay. because I want to see if you do. All right. um, but it is someone that we both know and love, uh, and who unfortunately is no longer with us. And that is the only hint I will give you. Mm, um,
1: okay. But
0: uh, if you're familiar with Westworld, the show, you are familiar with Westworld the movie it is the same concept um and so i've seen this ben you have not i have not what
1: expectations or hopes have you going in um well i mean i really loved uh westworld the show um while it still existed of course as we know um because streamers can't be trusted it just doesn't exist anymore Mm -hmm. um can't be found anywhere um so great job there hbo um but i yeah i really enjoyed the show um you know, always a big fan of Westerns, so I am looking forward to this. I am expecting I won't be surprised by much, um, given that I've seen the show. Uh, but uh, I guess I'm very interested to see how how it was approached and uh, how it was, uh, you know, in in sort of a... know 70s filmmaking Mm -hmm. uh style so um it'll be interesting to compare and contrast a little bit there and i i you know i do have probably some uh pejorative expectations of the quality of this versus (laughs) the more modern adaptation but perhaps i'll be pleasantly surprised we'll see Mm -hmm. Excuse me. As I as I say, I did I do really like the show and the concept, so uh, I am expecting it will be a fun time.
0: Yeah. Funnily enough, um, when when asked about this being his directorial debut, um, Michael Crichton did not want this one to be it. He didn't want <laughs> to. He he didn't want to start his directorial career with with science fiction. But kind of we we brought this up about uh, Stallone and Rocky. Uh, this was the only way he says that the studio would let him do it. Mm. Um. So, you know, find find your in, find your in, and yeah. take it. Yeah. Um. And uh, I, for one, I th- I for one think it it went very well.
1: Excellent. Yeah. Well, should be a fun time. yes indeed.
0: We're gonna go watch Westworld now, gang. Uh, see you on the other
1: side. Westworld. The vacation of the future today.
0: The robots look, act, talk, and even bleed just like humans do.
1: The guns they give you are real guns? Yeah. Real guns. <laughs> That's incredible. May I have your name, please? John Blaine, Peter Morton. Thank you. Was she, uh... Probably. You. Supposedly, you really can't tell except by looking at the hand. There's no way to get hurt here yourself stand by for resort activation you ready on phase four four three ready on six on five on four on three on two activate now you know what I almost believe all this. Why shouldn't you believe it? Real as anything else. Look out. Let me handle (laughs) this. That's not supposed to happen. What's he in for? Central malfunction. Another one? There's a clear pattern here which suggests an analogy
0: to an infectious disease process. We aren't dealing with ordinary machines.
1: We don't know exactly how they work. I feel we should shut down for a month. Oh, that seems rash. If we can't ensure the safety of the guests, we're going to be
0: in desperate trouble. But we can ensure their safety. Everything's fine.
1: Shut down. Shut down immediately.
0: Machines have gone crazy. There's one chasing me now. There'll always be one jump ahead of you, no matter what you did. You haven't got a chance. Contact us today, or see your travel agent. Boy, have we got a vacation for you. Vacation for you. for you. Hey, Ben. Hey, Sawyer. So have we got a vacation for you?
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: I say that because we've just come back from uh, watching Westworld 1973 Uh, as written and directed by Michael Crichton, uh, as we mentioned at the top of the episode. Uh, And at the top of the film, we get right into um, infomercials, the wrong term, but one of those old 1970s uh, reporter in the field Mm -hmm. uh, interviewing, very quickly interviewing, uh, the consumers of the latest hot product. And this latest hot product is a vacation, a wonderful vacation, at Delos, D E L O S, the vacation of the future, and they offer you three unique uh, experiences Roman world, medieval world, and West world. Which partway through the film, I noticed they start referring to as Western world. I did notice that yeah. as well, yeah. It yeah, it goes back and forth. It goes best, back and forth between West world and um, Western world. And they're
1: interviewing. Uh, which people. makes sense, I suppose, as far as naming convention goes. Like, mm. Western. Fits more like Roman world and medieval world True. Like in turn like just in terms of the. But that's just a semantic yeah. thing. But yes, sorry. This is like they, <laughs> they,
0: the they never quite figured out is it Westworld or Western world. It it, um, it
1: feels it feels like Western world was what the the title was meant to be for the park, mm. you know, to go with Roman world and medieval world. And uh, Michael Crichton's publishers were like Westworld rolls off the tongue better. That's better.
0: It does. To be fair, it
1: does. Um, but as this this nineteen
0: seventies reporter is is asking people and he's like hello yes you 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 sir uh you've just come from western world have you not oh yes i did of course i did what did you what did you think well i had a lot of fun and and these interviews go on to say you know oh yes i i i i did the tourney I i jousted at medieval world it was great uh i went to roman world and oh yes it was very sensual it was so good very very good um but the thing that they get from these interviewees and to the audience, right off the bat is that uh, there are robots in these worlds that are nigh... What's the word I'm looking for? Not indecipherable. Um, Discernible. Indiscernible. Nigh indiscernible from real people. Um, as evidenced by, by, by one guy saying, Well, they might have been robots. I think they were robots. I know they were robots. When he was asked, "How many of them did you kill?" <laughs> yeah, um, right off the bat, it is it is, it is meant to be an, an uncanny valley sort of thing mm-hmm. um, but which has been perfected enough per the industry, per this park that um, you wouldn't really feel any sense of, of discomfort until you really think about it. there's nothing that immediately jumps out at you as like, "Ah, yes, that's not human um." And yeah, they, they they describe the concept. It's a thousand dollars a day. Have we got a vacation for you? And we are then introduced to our two characters, our two main characters, uh, two of three if you include uh, the overarching villain, uh, okay. so to speak.
1: I thought I thought for the third you were going to uh, well we can get into it, but I was gonna I thought for the third you were about to mention medieval man, who we never get a name for and. I'm not really medi- sure why we spent so much time with him. We never
0: get a name for Medieval Man or Glasses Man. But But, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. but, uh, but our, two, our two main characters uh, are Peter Martin, as played by Richard Benjamin, and uh, John Blaine, not to be confused with John Wayne. Yeah. John Blaine, played by uh, James Brolin, uh, as we established at the very top of this episode. He looks very strange.
1: He, young. Do, he does look strange young, yeah. I think the only things I've actually seen him in, like, that I've actually watched were... Um, I'm pretty sure he is Jeff Winger's long-lost father in Community, in, like, mm. a later season of Community. And uh, he also plays a politician, uh, a Republican politician, in one of my favorite West Wing arcs. Mm. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him young, and it, it is a little... Did you ever see The Master of Disguise? I have not.
0: Because he plays Pistachio's father. Ah. Fabrizio Disguisi.
1: I know that that um, one is
0: on your list That as well. is on my list. It's a good movie. It's you not and, a good movie, but it's a good movie. You and
1: you and your, your classic movies.
0: I love it so much. But we'll get there eventually. Okay. Uh, let's start with young James Brolin before we get to older James Brolin. Um, we meet these two, Richard and John, um, aboard... Peter and John, Peter and John, excuse me.
1: uh, Played by Richard. Peter and John. Richard Benjamin, who I will say gives very kind of like old-timey Adam Scott vibes. A little bit. I can see it. Um,
0: We meet them aboard a very luxurious, um, what you might think is an airplane. uh, Until you realize they're flying very close to the ground constantly. Mm -hmm. And there's sort of a a, a throwaway line uh, in that initial sort of interviewer-interviewee thing where they mentioned come aboard one of our hovercrafts so it is in fact a hovercraft
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and yeah if, if you've if you've seen the adaptation the hbo adaptation again it pulls straight from this they're two young men um it's never established what their relationship is whether they're friends whether they're cousins whether they're brothers we don't know um there isn't a lot established about there them isn't in general um but what is established and what is key is that uh John has been here before, has been to Delos before, has been to Westworld before, and he loves it, and uh Peter has not. Uh Peter uh is, is constantly asking him questions uh about how real it is and, and, and John tells him, um, following up on the on the whole robots thing, yeah, you 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 wouldn't be able to tell apart from looking at their hands. They're, they're they just never quite got the hands right. Um So much like
1: AI in 2024, you can still rest assured... Really, though, yeah. ...replicating hands is apparently the hardest thing to do. Unlike, uh, uh, Star Trek got it wrong, it's not the ears. It's not the ears. It's the hands. It's the hands. Um,
0: and, and, and I'll bring it up later, but that is a detail I thought would be more important. Later. Mm. Um. Well. yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Very good. Um... As Peter listens into the the um, sort of new patron orientation, uh, establishing, you know, the basic rules and yada yada, it doesn't go into too much about the rules and regulations of, of your stay at the park, but it does give you the first sort of layout of the park. It is a triangle. Uh, again, for these three worlds, they are, they are connected. Uh, Roman world, medieval world, and west world. And as he is listening to this, we cut to... Uh, what I, what I just call behind the scenes or the power room um, it's never called that in, in the movie uh, there's never a name given to it you might call it operations perhaps that might, yeah. be, might be a better uh, method for it but it is just a, a bunch of people on different computer terminals uh, watching and communicating with their staff on the ground uh, with their repair teams they are tailoring the experience narratively and uh, mechanically behind the scenes in the sense that the patrons, the guests, would, would be none the wiser. Um, and we are, we are introduced to them. We see uh, the, that the guests, as they change into their, their period-appropriate tires, share a locker room. Um, and to reinforce the thing about the hands, as the, the, um, the hotel bookie, um, not bookie, but the, but the, the, the concierge, uh, such as they are in the 1870s Old West. Um, introduces them to their room and says, "Yep, this is where you'll stay." Uh, Richard, at uh, Richard, I keep calling him that. Um, uh, John presses a coin into the palm of his hand, saying, "You know, for your for your for your troubles." And you see uh, exactly what the hands look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 if you if you look at your own hand, dear audience, um, it's, it's the only way I can think to describe it is if you look at your own hands and you see where the lines are on your fingers, where the where the joints are there, um. They are raised slightly as if uh, a bad 3D print seam or, um, um, you know, you got, you got your hand caught, you got your finger caught in some wax or something. It's like that. Um, you'd have to see it to know exactly what I'm talking about or look it up on Google.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but the, the, for all intents and purposes, everything else is identical. It's just the hands are, or they, they look, they look fake and, and that's the point. Um... And it is established that uh, Peter uh, is recently divorced, and he's still thinking about his wife. He's he, which again, we don't really get into. There isn't a whole lot of character work in this movie, um, except that, uh, to 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 use a a pun, uh, Peter has a hard time divorcing himself from reality uh, at the very beginning of of this film. He he he's. He, he, he requires a little more of a push uh, to um, be willing to play along. Um, as, as evidenced when uh, he and John go to a bar, a saloon, uh, John requests gin, Peter requests a martini, uh, and the bartender has no idea what he's talking about.
1: Because the bartender is a robot who does it's not like know a vodka martini with, yeah. a, with a with a lemon twist and yeah and yeah, yeah. and James Rowland is just like uh, just give him a whiskey yeah because it's whiskey that's <laughs> what we're doing here yeah and um, over the course
0: of this film and I'll, I'll I'll reference them as they are important but much of of this film is is kind of divided by as you mentioned uh, medieval man and glasses man uh, other guests here who. Um, really only serve as exposition to show you what's going on in other parts of Westworld or medieval world. Um, glasses Man, as I call him, because he gets no name. He just he has a very thick pair of, of black glasses. Um, we cut to him sort of admiring himself in the mirror, looking at him, himself in his new garb, um, playing a quick draw in the mirror and the gun goes off and it shatters the mirror, establishing these guns do in fact Work uh, as evidenced later in the bar. Uh, as um, I, ca- I call in my notes, I called him Black Hat, but he is credited as Gunslinger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I will continue to call him Gunslinger because the Black Knight is another thing, and I don't want to get confused. So, um, Gunslinger shows up as played by uh, Yule Brenner. Um, <coughs> what was that? Hmm. Everything's
1: fine. Um, yep. We don't know what that was, but we have. I, yeah, we what? we're not going to investigate it's, or anything. There's something outside. We're fine. Everything's fine. Yes, we've
0: we've we've edited our our curiosity out. Yes, uh, but we've chosen to keep that in because I don't know about you, Ben. Introducing a gunslinger and then hearing a bang is some pretty good timing. That, it did feel
1: <laughs> a little too good to. to yeah. Just to just edit out, so yeah, we'll we'll keep we'll yeah keep the the very immediate uh, part of that. God, and and maybe I'll have some a little bit of fun with that when I'm editing this episode. Wild, that, um, that was crazy. <laughs> anyway, Gunslinger, entry. you were saying,
0: yes. yeah, as played by Yul Brynner, um, uh, and 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 comments on uh, the fact that Peter can't hold his his gin. Uh, he's saying whiskey, oh, whiskey. Excuse me. Uh, he needs he you know he needs a bib. He needs his mama. Etc. cetera. Um, classic setup for a shootout. Classic setup in, if, you're, if you're playing to the Western tropes, which this park absolutely is. Um, to which Peter responds, you talk too much. I'm sorry, you talk too much. And you got John in his ear going, come on, shoot him. You know, that sort of thing. You've the, got the patrons starting to realize what's about to happen, per the
1: trope. Yeah, everyone. Uh, everyone in the bar, pretty much, very quickly. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as Peter starts responding, mm-hmm. everyone in the bar is like, "Okay, we know exactly what's going to happen." And most of these, again, are robots, they're all so robots. they kind of know they know the, the drill, yeah. and they're like, "All right, time to head for cover." Yep. Um, Gunslinger says,
0: "Why don't you make me shut up?" And that's when Peter squares off with him. You get the classic hands-on guns, um, and. I don't know if I, I I I think the the editing slowed down a bit because uh, there are there are moments there are in this film quite where a few moments very quick things or things that should be quick are slowed down. Uh, Peter draws faster, fires his gun, shoots through the gunslinger with a cartoonishly a cartoonish amount of blood.
1: Well, I was gonna say uh, Peter. Uh, you know, pops his Westworld cherry in yes. terms of getting into the violence. But also pops the uh, the cherry current that was hidden inside the gunslinger's chest uh, because yeah. Yeah, it is, you know, it is old, older, it is an older movie. So it's, yeah, the, those, yeah, a lot of blood, a lot of...
0: Uh, old, no gore, no gore at all. But no, it's no very there's bloody, no gore. And it's it's fake, it's, clearly. It's
1: a, it's a lot of bright red paint yeah. uh, flowing, out, flowing out of those squibs. But yeah. there is, as you said, Quite a lot of it. Quite a lot of it. Um, he does all, and part of that is that he shoots him like six times, yeah, or something like that. That's true. Um,
0: and we 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 cut to as you know as um, the the gunslinger is being dragged away uh, by the other patrons that we have, we we haven't yet met their repair team quote unquote uh, but we'll meet them shortly. Um, you know the body is removed from the bar. Uh, and we cut to uh, the, ho- the, 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 the saloons, the inn, the inn room, the hotel room, where uh, Peter is sort of coming to terms with what he's just done. Uh, and he's, and again, he's he's given into the fantasy here just a little bit, but he still asks John, how do I know I won't shoot a guest? Hmm. Because if I can't tell the difference, how will I know? How will I know I haven't hurt somebody? Uh, and John, again, who's been here before, says, well, try it. Shoot me. And Peter, trusting his trusting his friend, attempts to. He points the gun. He shoots. It clicks. And John establishes a rule of Westworld and of the world of the movie that these guns are equipped with a sensor. It is a heat detection sensor. If you've got a body temperature at all, it's not gonna it's not gonna fire. It will only fire at things without a body temperature, like machines. Okay, and that satisfies Peter. And on the subject of body temperatures, we are then established that night to um, the behind-the-scenes team coming out with their their truck. their very quiet truck. Um, they set up a, a, a thing of lights so that they can they can collect the bodies. They load them all onto the truck and they load them. They bring them to um, a sort of a sort of depository, a deposit point, uh, disguised by one of the the. Um, town's western facades uh, and they load them all onto a conveyor belt which brings them down into what looks very much like a hospital complete with heart monitors and like brain wave sensors mm-hmm. um, and you know your, your head scientist, your head engineer, your head doctor I suppose, they've all got lab coats they look like surgeons um, he's walking around um, asking his team, you know, what happened with this one? Oh well, I need to I need to fix her balance rotor. She fell over. Oh dear. Okay, um, what happened here? Oh, she just um, little little things like that. Uh, what happened to him? He got shot. Okay. Yep. Um, but it's 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 established that something's not quite right. Um, there's been another malfunction, another central malfunction. It's one of those, one of the, one of the things that this movie, I will say, doesn't do amazing some of the time. Not all the time, but some of the time, is important information is kind of glossed over. Um, it's, 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 you know, oh, another central malfunction. Another one is is kind of just thrown away at the end of the scene. Um, but then we get to the doctor addressing this to his his it's not quite the board but it's it's his it's his team of directors mm-hmm. um and he's establishing that this is something that is ha- now has a statistic we've had another uh central malfunction failure and breakdown has it, it was on track you know these things do wear they do tear they do they are in need of repairs um and they are computers so they do they do glitch from time to time but everything was on an established tr- uh track you know with within acceptable levels of Error, I suppose, for lack of a better term, up until about yeah. six weeks ago, then Roman world spiked and it was dealt with. Uh, medieval world spiked and again it was dealt with, and now, and now, Western world is is, is starting to be a little wonky, um, and the doctor, uh, either in question or or in answer to another of his members' questions, suggests. It's acting a lot like a disease, whatever this this malfunction is, whatever this error is, and when he's questioned about that, like, well, how can machines have a disease? Another bit of bit of lore, another bit of background is is revealed that although these human technicians are repairing and and, and constructing these uh, these these. The HBO calls them hosts, um, but these these these
1: these robots, the automatons,
0: the automatons, mm-hmm. the automatons. That um, in a lot of cases these machines were built and programmed by other machines,
1: so we don't know how they work. I did have that line specifically written down in my notes. Quote: In some cases, they've been designed by computers. We don't know exactly how they work. Yeah. And then, like my follow-up to that was just. Sirens. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, this yeah, yeah. is just yep. the biggest a red flag. Yep. Sound the alarm. Holy shit, what are we doing here? Um, not not, you know, one of those disappointed but not surprised, I guess. Like it was a little surprising, but like also, yeah, that that was the first moment I was like, okay, yeah. so all of this is gonna go wrong. Yeah. Fantastic. Nobody knows how they work. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um um ba- 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 ba, my notes. Um and then we get the next morning. Uh, early and en- you know l- late enough that the 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 sun has risen, because it's established that these are not these are not like all of this is taking place under the open sky. This is not like you're in a dome with a fake um, projected weather or projected anything like that. Like y- y'all are out in the desert um, doing
1: this stuff. Yeah, it is, it does feel very much set up as like you know what would seem to be. You know, in the 1970s, theoretically, the most realistic way for this to happen, which is almost, like, Disney World-esque, like, someone just got a big chunk of land out in the yeah. desert and made these three, like, parks, essentially, mm-hmm. which is still kind of the vibe in the show, but not entirely. The, the show is, is, feels very vague about all that, and part of that is I haven't really watched far enough beyond season one to actually know what's going on, but... yeah. I never will now because it doesn't exist anymore. Can I, you tell I'm bitter? Anyways, sorry. Yeah, no. But I, yes, it, it has that feel of just like yeah, they're just out in the desert. It's just the normal weather. They're out in the open world. Uh, I did skip over
0: one thing, um, and that'll be important to what comes next. Is that they are um, they are introduced that they were introduced that evening uh, before the repair team came and did their thing uh, to Miss Carrie, who owns a
1: brothel and a bar. Uh, and the okay but is she important later or do you just want to mention her because,
0: I did I did want to mention her only because <laughs> for two reasons one I brought her up at the beginning of the episode you did. and then overestimated how important she would be to the film friends um Miss Carrie is played by Majel Barrett who if you are a Trekkie like me like Ben mm-hmm. uh, you'll recognize her as um, the original number one you'll re- recognize her as Nurse Chapel you'll recognize her as L'Oxana Troy of Beta Z. and
1: possibly most importantly you'll recognize her as the voice of the Enterprise voice
0: of the Enterprise computer yes Captain um and I just wanted to bring her up because I love Major Barrett. Oh no, fair. I adore like, her so much. I um, same. I but the other reason I, I was I, oh, yeah.
1: way off in my estimate on yeah. that one, by the way.
0: But the the, um, the other reason I bring this up is because um, she sets John and Peter up with two lovely robot ladies, mm-hmm. um, and they decide I'd rather that's
1: right. Yes, I'd rather get some
0: than go stop a bank robbery. Yes, and it is after
1: that, after Peter. Oh yes, we're backtracking to the... because I also had a note about this. Yeah, may I please do? Please do. Uh, quote from my notes: Pete got laid. Suddenly it's fun. <laughs> Suddenly it's fun. He's Ooh, he's all on. The board. next day he's like, John, this place is amazing. I love this. Having such a good time."
0: And so as we cut to that morning, guess who shows up again? As Peter is in the in the the the, the privy having a having a little little uh, tin tub bath. And uh, John is back in the room shaving. Uh, who shows up again but the gunslinger. He just shows up in the hotel room, gun drawn. And it's interesting that, that John raises his hands. Because uh, he knows, I, I, I think he's playing along. Mm-hmm. Because again, he fully believes this thing, this robot cannot hurt him. Yeah, so I think he's he's kind of backing up, kind of see where this goes. Yeah, I mean, Um, well, and
1: I think we see that later as well with John. Sort of not to spoil, please, please, please. We're only about five, ten minutes ahead of it. John sort of letting Peter get put into jail. Yes, like John very much feels like he is here for the game, for the experience, the immersion. Yeah. Peter at some point earlier complains about like the hotel room or the room they're staying in at the saloon or the tavern not being comfortable enough, and he's like, "Well, this is how comfortable it was." Yeah. Like, this is about getting the experience.
0: Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, gunslinger holds John up uh, in the bedroom. Um, Peter hears this, bursts down the door, and once again shoots the living hell out of gunslinger. Shoots him out the window, mm-hmm. uh, and and. Uh, John looks up at him like, oh, my hero. Um, and Peter said, you know, was he bothering you? He won't be bothering you again. You know, fully committed now to the experience. And then, as you say, we cut to, Peter's been arrested. Yeah, he has <laughs> He's killed just a man.
1: shot a man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but also, the he won't be bothering you again feels like an appropriate moment. Not to, you know, just some a little foreshadowing, uh, as it is a theme, a growing theme here on this show, or so he thought. Yeah. We're going to change the title. It's probably... Or so name. he thought. Um, we're not. I'm
0: just... I just wanted to do that. But yes, Peter is in jail. But now. as Peter is in jail, um, it's established, you know, oh, yep, the, jud- the, 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 the judge will be here next week. He's probably going to hang you. He, <laughs> he likes hanging. He likes hanging. He's a hanging man. And uh, John leaves. He arranges for lunch to be uh, He the in a, in a, again this is a western trope so he he hires a a young indigenous woman in in stereotypical i i stress to emphasize Mm -hmm. stereotypical you know buckskin garb uh to to bring peter uh uh, a meal the judge uh, the judge the sheriff looks it over once and lets it through and uh we realize as john rustles up a couple of horses to wait outside the jail he has smuggled dynamite to Peter, who blows the wall out and the the pair of them uh, escape, but not before shooting the sheriff. Mm -hmm. Um, And they escape into the desert where they hang out and and, and they just sort of... For for John, this is something he already knows, but Peter, as much fun as he is having now, fully, fully accepts, okay, we can do anything we want here. Up until... Uh, a a, a rattler a rattlesnake um, appears on the scene and the, the pair of them try to shoot it and their guns misfire the guns don't work and John is bitten and it's not a real rattlesnake there's no poison in it but all the same he's pissed because this is not meant to happen and we cut back to the control room where they again monitoring everything all the time are fully aware that this has happened and it is inexcusable that this should happen yeah. meanwhile um, we see medieval man once again um, trying to uh, trying to seduce a young servant girl uh, and she rebuffs him she rejects him and again the the, the moderators uh, say okay well we need to take her in for reprogramming because it, it, the guest wants to bang and she refused his seduction that's a no no yeah. And we, I,
1: we, we see this this very um, uh, reasonable parallel between uh, getting bitten by a snake and getting rejected by a woman 30 years younger than you. Yeah equally bad, like equally bad. Both of these things need to be eradicated uh, from this park experience. Uh, and from there we we, we we stay with medieval man for a
0: little bit, just a moment. Um, because it foreshadows something that will happen later. Um, he is, uh, you know, also seducing the queen, uh, and the queen tells him, "Oh, if the king should learn of this, it'll be your head, it'll be my head." But I hear tell that the Black Knight is attending the tournament tomorrow, and I can tell you how to beat him. You know, stay to his left, his blind and left his left eye, and as she's saying this, the crew behind the scenes is like, "Yep, uh, we've we've confirmed programming to give him that, uh, etc." So. Not immediately important at the moment, but keep Medieval Man and the Black Knight uh, in your head because it'll be important later. Um, We also established that because the guests get to do or be whatever they want, Glasses Man is now the sheriff. Uh, (laughs) Huzzah. Huzzah for him. Um, And he he is very clearly not cut out for it, but it's a fantasy. So, you know, he can't be embarrassed in front of a bunch of robots. Of course. It's great. Um, we did the snake. Uh, it's inexcusable to uh, injure a guest. Uh, they're studying this. They're studying the snake, and the, and the doctor confirms that yeah, nothing seems to be working. It's 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 not working as it should anymore. This whole operation is out of whack, and I would like to. Shut the park down. I would like to do the right thing. He pulls an anti-John Hammond, uh, (laughs) if you've seen Michael Crichton's other famous work, Jurassic Park. Um, Whereas John Hammond is like, no, 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 it's perfectly safe, until it isn't. This director is like, we've had a few injuries and a few technical glitches, and it's enough that I'm not comfortable keeping this park open.
1: I will ask, is it it ever ever established that he's the director of the park. It is never established directly. Because that wasn't the impression I got. Like uh, not to spring to the defense of John Hammond but I suppose that's what I'm doing. The impression I got from this character the one you're referring to was that he is like the lead scientist. He's the lead science guy. Yeah no he doesn't call
0: the shots. He's
1: not the one making the decisions. I mean even other members on that science team seem to be like a little bit more motivated by like but Will profits or whatever yeah or but I I never got yeah I never got that kind of impression yeah, yeah and, and yeah I guess I just feel a little obligated to defend this character a little bit sure go ahead um Please. just just because of that but also because of some of the I mean we can get into Michael Crichton afterwards yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh but yeah it, it did give me a slightly different vibe than than that sort of I mean obviously yes he he is he's trying to do the right thing. He's yeah. trying to be like we we can't guarantee guests' safety, therefore we should stop operating
0: yeah uh, but other but yes, as you pointed out, other members of his team are like, well, no, because that would that would affect the bottom line so here's 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 the compromise that that maybe we can make. the guests that we have we will continue to serve
1: mm-hmm.
0: anyone who who from from this moment on wants to book with us we'll just tell them it's full up and yeah we'll we'll you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll run this program until this program ends and then if you want to get into it we can get into it but we're not going to yeah. we're not going to cut things off right now yeah. while there are guests yeah. and that seems to be again it's never established that a compromise is struck there's no handshake or anything like that but like the park remains open. Yeah, um, and you begin to see, um, you know, as as medieval man woos his his queen, um, as the black knight stares across at him in the in the in the in the great hall, the feast hall, um, as we we see again uh, the gunslinger on the operating table. There is a silvery sort of glint in some of their eyes sometimes uh, when when something is is wrong or something is malfunctioning. Um, then there's a bar fight, um, and we learn in the uh, well, so, so John and Peter engage in a bar fight, and it's good fun. A lot of this movie is just good fun. Um, and then we establish, again, as Black Hat or uh, as as gunslingers on the operating table, hey, we've just outfitted him with with you know the, the newest stuff. He's got infrared uh, sensors now, he's got heightened auditory processing. This can only benefit the experience. You know, not like we're creating a better terminator. Um anything like that. But um as this bar fight happens again. We kind of cut back and forth. Uh, John and Peter wake up utterly hungover.
1: Excuse
0: me. Um, you know that morning they wake up utterly hungover, and that very same morning, medieval man is getting dressed up in his armor. And he's like, "Hmm, yes, the tu- the tournament, but first breakfast. I want to go get breakfast," and so he, in his armor goes to the great hall where he is engaged by the black knight who, who, who challenges him and medieval man tries to, tries to brush him off because again, he thinks he's the guest. He thinks he's in control. He says, I just, I just want to have breakfast, man. I just want to do the thing. And then the queen shows up in her, not even in her finery. It's like, um, li- little more than like a robe over her, like she's just waking up too coming down. Um, and the Black Knight challenges him and and, and and fights him and injures him and stabs him. Mm. This is the first de- death of a guest. Um, the robots are killing people. In this movie, we come back to John and Peter meandering through town, which you'll note is a very empty town. It is a ghost town now. Um, um, as they sort of... Comment to each other like, ugh, I feel sick. Ugh, I want to get back to the hotel. We cut back to the control room, where now nothing is working. Nothing at all. The control room has, has, I mean, functionally, there is power. There is electricity. Power in the social sense. In the control sense, they have none. And finally, because we love the rule of three, once more... Gunslinger shows up, and this time John decides, you know what, we're hungover, let me shoot him this time, and Peter says, yeah, okay, awesome. John goes for his gun and is shot, and he's surprised. He he turns to Peter and says, "I'm, I'm shot, I'm shot, and he's shot again, and this time he hits the ground, and he does not get back up, and Peter realizes what has happened. And he is alone in a ghost town with a malfunctioning gunslinger robot and his dead friend. Peter gets on a horse. Peter rides away. Gunslinger gets on a horse. Gunslinger gives chase. And we see, uh, as we we enter the third act of this film, we see from the perspective of these monitors, of these moderators, it's happening everywhere now. Mm -hmm. Medieval world is in chaos. Roman world is is in chaos. Robot revolution. Robot revolution. Um... And from here on out, there is very little dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's it's Peter rides out into the desert where he finally comes upon, um, uh, you know, a man in white. He's got a little little buggy, uh, by which I mean a car, not a not a not a horse and buggy. Uh, and this man is terrified to see him until he says, "Okay, no, show me your hands." And Peter shows him his hands, and he's got normal hands. And the tech technician tells him straight up like oh no there's no fixing this you're doomed because (laughs) if it's a gunslinger he's probably this model he's probably got these specs as we established earlier these new specs once he's after you he's not gonna stop until he kills you you're fucked dude um and very shortly thereafter you know as peter says no i do have a chance uh technician is shot because the Gunslinger just keeps coming. Hmm. He is... He, 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 he gives into the, um, the horror movie trope where you can run as fast as you want and he will just keep walking. But mm-hmm. he will find you. Yes. And he will get you. Um, and eventually, Peter rides all the way to Roman world. Where and I don't know how he knows to do this, hmm. but he goes to one of the bath houses. He goes. He sees all the bodies strewn about. Uh, he he discards his horse and he he opens up one of the drains and climbs down into it, um, revealing the 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 very very sterile, uh, very empty sort of underbelly of of the park. This is you know the the, the where 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 the staff are, or, or would be. And it's a maze. Um, it's established a little earlier that the control room is there. They're electronically sealed in. Those doors won't open, so they are overheating and suffocating. Mm -hmm. And when Peter finds them, they have done both. They have overheated, they have suffocated, they are dead. And Peter can't get in the room. Uh, So Peter continues, and he he manages to, to, to elude or outrun the gunslinger, but by now the gunslinger has followed him using his infrared senses to follow Peter's foot footprints and his heat signature uh, and now it's a now it's a, a race through the maze Peter comes to the now well empty of real people but there are still bodies uh, on the gurneys uh, and he finds the various chemicals and acids that they are working with and he gets up on one of the gurneys um, and splashes the gunslinger with some acid and his face begins to melt a little bit Peter escapes, Um, the chase continues, uh, all the way to medieval world where Peter realizes by accident um, that when he stands under a torch, the now sort of melted malfunctioning gunslinger cannot discern his heat signature from the torches. Um, it's, it's very uh, it's very it's very Predator of them
1: yeah although they did it the 14 years earlier so maybe yeah. Predator is very yeah. Westworld of itself yeah <laughs>
0: um, but um, they, they play with suspense a lot more in, in this particular clip in this particular scene as Peter upon realizing uh, his own inadvertent ingenuity gives a sigh of relief like ah oh, and Gunslinger hears him cannot see him it. And so he, he, he turns around like he's gonna go, and Peter also moves like he's gonna go away. And he he he, you know, he knocks a, a knocks a, a brass or a steel or an iron pot or whatever. Again, Gunslinger hears him. This time, when he turns and tries to reach for him, Peter brings down. It's a big old torch too. It's not like a it's not like a little like handheld thing. It's brings down the torch and a utterly, two-handed torch. Right utterly there. torches this guy. Uh, he goes up like. A firework.
1: Yeah, like he was coated in lighter fluid before yeah. that flame yeah. found him. Um, Peter... You know, the way that people catch on fire in movies?
0: Yeah. Um, uh, by this point, Gunslinger has abandoned his pistol because the battery has run out. Because as we all know, that's how guns work. Um, I have so many issues with these guns, but please carry yeah. um And Peter... Finally, uh, you know, d- descends into the dungeon of, of medieval world, um, and he hears a young woman begging for help. Uh, and he, you know, he frees her from her from her chains and sits her down on a bench and tries to feed her some water. And when he does, she short circuits. She too was an android, um, and as he sort of, you just kind of contemplates the absurdity of it all we get our last appearance by gunslinger who by now is a blackened husk utterly burnt away who tries to reach out but falls over his 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 where his face was falls off and you finally see the complete inner circuitry of of this this hollow thing uh and 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 he all but melts he steams he smokes he's he's gone uh and Peter sits on the dungeon steps and the last line of the movie is uh, a sort of nightmarish echoing of the initial interview. Have we got a vacation for you, 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 for you you," credits. And that, short and sweet, very simple, not really a brain tingler, (laughs) is Westworld 1973.
1: Yeah, I I think if I'm not mistaken, the girl in the dungeon he tries to save at the end is Daphne, is the one who was rejecting medieval man. Was it her? I I'm not positive, but I think it was maybe meant to be her. Possibly, I gotta go back. Otherwise, I know she was. Yeah, maybe it's just Just another random person. I don't know.
0: I mean, it's 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 a nice credit to Peter's character. I think that he he sees someone in need and tries to help despite everything. Yeah, but. But he still has not learned. He still has not learned a lesson. And, um, yeah, it, it, it just felt... Kind of, I'll be honest. That kind of felt just like a little bit of a... Oh, well, we need a few more minutes.
1: <laughs> tack that on. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean, I, I, know, I, I think... I don't know. I think your original point is valid. I think it is trying to speak to his character that even after everything, he still has this desire to help, even if it is a misguided desire. Hmm. Um and his desire to help uh, gets in the way of or overpowers his logic processing of like, oh, this is not gonna help because this is a robot. Yeah. Uh, so I admit oh, and this sense. is why this is why
0: I wanted to bring up the hands thing earlier. Um because He hears someone in need and immediately assumes, oh, it's another guest mm-hmm. in the same sort of position that I am. And that would have been a, a logical place for him to see the hands and realize, no, this is this is a trap and maybe it could have been a trap. I don't know mm-hmm. but yeah, they they, they they establish that these dro- the droids, these uh, androids, these robots are indiscernible from humans apart from the hands. But there's nothing really plot relevant to it, I think.
1: I think I'd yeah. agree with that assessment.
0: Yeah, is that because that feels like a mechanic that could be used either earlier or at the very end to have a moment of ah, he learned and he avoids this trap, hmm. something like that. Um, mm. Yeah,
1: that
0: could be. He's lulled good. into a yeah it, again, kind of building on suspense. Maybe he thinks he's finally found someone safe. Mm-hmm. and then, oh no it's another one of them um, apart from that that's really uh, one of the the only critiques I have of this film is it is it like I say a, a, a brain tingler it is not but it's a fun watch
1: yeah there's there's definitely I'd say over the course of it there's there's a lot of like you know very like there's a lot of sort of quick goofy set pieces like here's all the little western bits it's almost it it feels almost played for the audience as much as it is played for the theoretical guests Mm -hmm. in the movie Um, just in terms of like yeah here we're gonna have a little bar fight here we're gonna have a little shootout there's gonna be like a you know the jailbreak and uh and all these other things um yeah It's a fun film. I mean
0: I, I I feel bad that I don't really have much more to, to critique gonna, or pick apart but I was gonna say I don't
1: know if you have any other thoughts. No. I mean it's 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 it's
0: an hour and a half movie where it was you it just was kinda keep keep going. I will say this, nice the pacing the even even though we jump around between the guests and and not everything is plot relevant, it's still fun and it's it's it's
1: got a good pace to it. I don't think you really needed much more than what you got. The pace is good. Um, I think I will say... You know, we haven't done this yet on this show. Okay. I think this is the first movie we've watched that I have not really liked. Yeah? I... But, I mean, I just... Even, like, I did like how short and sweet it was, but at the same time, I almost... Like, I wanted it to be longer because I, I felt like there was so many, like... Things that got missed or that they didn't do. Mm. I just I felt like we didn't get to know any of the characters. We didn't even get names for, as we've said throughout this episode, medieval man. Yeah. Who? But we spent like a lot of time with that yeah. character, and and like we followed his entire story and his entire experience in the park. I I was kind of caught being like I either want to like get to know him more, for this to feel like, you know, it makes sense for us to be here. Or let's be with this guy less. So um, I, I don't know. I, I and I also I I feel like I would have liked to. Maybe it's just the the like the very like character biased writer in me, and this is just me being a bit of a maybe maybe me being a little, you know. Presumptuous or something like that, but I just mm-hmm. I would have liked to have gotten to know the characters a little bit better. I didn't feel like we we really did any of that.
0: So, to that end, to that to that point, um, we have established that the HBO show was an adaptation. And I had a professor in college, shout out Sunil Swarup, who um, uh, who who taught a theater into film class, mm. uh, and he. One of the more important things that he that I remember him saying. Was that if you're going to adapt something, it needs to be for a reason. You need to either make it better or you need to adapt it mm-hmm. in a way that it will it will be more accessible mm-hmm. to uh, to uh, to the audience of the time. I may be paraphrasing. Don't 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 hate me, Sunil, please. Um, <laughs> sure. I paid attention in your class. I, I promise. Sure, they um, do not hate you. But to that point, then would you say, having watched, I've only watched season one of of the the new uh, or newer, yes, um, Westworld. Would you say that the adaptation was worth it? Would you say that the adaptation brought something more to
1: the concept? The television show. Yeah,
0: that you're asking. Would you Would you say that the television adaptation brought brought what you were looking for
1: in ways that the movie did not? Absolutely. Okay. I mean, and and that's kind of. I mean. That, and yeah, I that's th- I am I am definitely a sucker. It's it's one of my f- it's honestly one of my favorite shows. Mm-hmm. Particularly season one of Westworld. Mm-hmm. Like I think season one of of HBO's Westworld is like an almost perfect season of television. Okay. Personally, which I know is probably an unpopular opinion, but <laughs> um, but that was that was one of the things that I enjoyed the most about this movie was seeing. The pieces of this mm-hmm. that I could see, it was like okay, obviously this was part of the book, right? And here's the version of it, like the jailbreak. They mm-hmm. they're like they do that in the show as well. Like you know, six or seven episodes in, or I'm probably getting the timing sure off because they're hour long episodes. But there are but, story beats that translate. Yes, there yeah. there were story beats. That was probably the most interesting and exciting part to me was seeing those story beats that were in the movie in the 70s that were carried into um, the show and seeing how they were done differently, but also being like, oh, I I know this beat. This is a beat yeah. that that we did in 2014 or whenever it was that mm-hmm. the show was made. I Twenty Something in that neighborhood. I think 2014. Yeah. Um, Early teens. Yeah, but, uh, but yes, yes. So I, I definitely do feel like the show added to and improved upon the adaptation took the building blocks and said okay no I see what they were
0: trying to do but let's yes
1: yeah like I don't I don't want to like poo poo the movie too much or anything you right, know right, it's right, right. it's you know not to use such a common phrase but it's very much I feel like a product of its time you know it was 1973 it does have that very like mid-century sci-fi feel to it like mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of stuff Nigel Barrett notwithstanding, it yeah. ju- it does feel very, like, original series Star Trek goofy yeah, in some yeah, places. Yeah. But also original series Star Trek um, sci-fi. Like, it's that aesthetic. It's mm-hmm. that feel. Um, and...
0: Yeah, it definitely felt like one of the period pieces that Trek would do. Like a piece of the yes. action with the, with the gangs yeah, and, and, and all of that.
1: Particularly yeah. when they were having the, like... I, it must have been like at least three minute long bar fight that was very oh, it was, that was, it was just that like that bar fight was far too long it was, but it was, cl- but it was yeah. clearly a set piece for audience enjoyment because it was right. just like because there was goofy mu- music playing it was mm-hmm. like alright we're 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 doing a there's, this is here to for everyone to kind of have a laugh and have a good time with yeah. and you know there's chairs flying into mirrors and windows and whatnot. And, but but and the, the protagonists are just kind of existing and barely getting touched throughout that entire scene, but everything's happening all around. Like, that, yes, it felt very much to me like a, like a sort of, uh, a stretched out Trek, like, side quest episode. Sure, sure, sure. Um, but and I mean, you know, and again, I, like I said, I don't want to poo poo it too much. I, yeah. I did I did look it up while while we were recording, and like both it, its reviews on IMDb and on Rotten Tomatoes are all very good. So I'm, yeah, I'm, it, it, I'm, I'm I'm maybe just a hater. I mean,
0: uh, as as we have, as we've established on on this podcast, we are both approaching this as um, as writers and as uh, actors and, and and filmmakers who who we have said to each other. Uh, many times do get caught up in the finer details of the world building, yes. and do get caught up in lore and Hello. three for three, baby. Hello. Um, who do get caught up
1: in 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 those things? Yes, much to the dismay of our D and D. Yes, um, I think both of us are now uh, have now been made aware of that. So yeah, cheers um, to us. <laughs> but while, yeah, while while this movie is
0: is perhaps not one uh, for those who will pick it apart. Yes. It is, a good, it is a fun popcorn flick. It, it is, is a, absolutely one that you would go to on a Saturday and say, I don't want to think, I just want to watch.
1: I, and, yes, and I will absolutely give it that. So it's a people pleaser. Yes, I, I think there's still a part of me that's like, I wanted the plot to be just a little bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to its credit, it is also, and this is something I miss about older movies and love about older movies, it was short and sweet. It was succinct. It wasn't like, like if I had my issues with it which I obviously did mm-hmm. but like it, I didn't feel like I was sitting there stewing in my issues with it for very long we just right. you know we kept moving along and then we got to the end and it was like oh wow that that's it that's the end that's it and yeah so I agree I, I, w- I would definitely agree on it's a very fun popcorn movie mm-hmm. um, and as someone who loves the Westworld show um, I I feel like I've Probably been asked at least at least a dozen times. Have you seen the movie from the seventies? And now you have. So I I was very excited, and I and still now having watched it, I'm still very happy and gratified to have seen it. Yes, uh, and to have that context, um, because yeah, I mean anyone. It's particularly anybody born between like 1980 or before 1985 who uh, who heard me talking about the show and was like, Have you seen the old movie? And I'm like, Well, no. Um, and yeah, now I have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely a good time, definitely a fun popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and I uh, will say, I will say, and I, I know you, you, you mentioned, um,
0: you know, we'd, we'd, we'd never really disliked a movie on this show before and, and, and such like that. but I mean, maybe you probably didn't just kept it to yourself because you're, you're more polite than I am. I don't recall, honestly. But I do want to emphasize the point of this show is not to like the movies we watch. It is simply to watch them. Yeah. To experience and them. Have the, and, that's what, and have and the, the experience. And that's
1: my point is that, is, exactly, is that like I might have thought this was not very good. I'm still glad I saw You've seen it. Glad and I saw it. And you can contribute to the conversation. I'm glad we are here. Uh, oh, before we sign up, I do want to say, apparently, uh, and not too surprisingly, I just uh, just a little bit of commentary, if I may. Sure. Michael Crichton, I think, uh, was terrified of science. Yes, fair. I I did a lo- fair. I did a little googling while we were watching the movie, and because you did I want to bring that up because yep. I was well. Yes, I did want to you know not to not to drag anyone's name through the mud, mm-hmm. but I, I was struck uh, watching this and obviously thinking about Jurassic Park being his most famous work, mm-hmm. and feeling like both of those movies, both of these movies, are examples of like you know like here is. Another here's a different version of the worst case scenario yeah. if we let science go too far. We must we mustn't let the scientists do too many things because it will only end in apocalyptic catastrophe.
0: I would argue well not I wouldn't argue against that but I would add to it.
1: Mm. I don't think
0: it was science itself that terrified Michael Crichton if i'm looking at the cho- if i'm looking at the concepts of jurassic park and westworld and the mm-hmm. choices that are made
1: it's science capitalism well yes i mean yes i would agree that the the money the money pushers and this i think this is something that is represented very well in jurassic park mm-hmm. and that is represented very well in the hbo westworld mm-hmm. It's the, it's the, yeah, it's the penny pinchers, it's the, the bean counters that are the real problem. Capitalism, as always, is the real problem. Can you find a theme in our show, friends? However, I will say, I still don't trust Michael Crichton. That's fair. Looked him up, didn't believe in climate change, so...
0: I think, enough, my, no. I think my I initial th- impressions
1: may have not been too far no, off. The see, mind. I didn't know that, and I'm willing to I, change my mind. I um, know. I apologize. I did kind no, of good. set you up to 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 spring that on you. No, that's all right. Uh, that's all right. But I mean, this regardless, is regardless you know, you know what? Regardless, and this can be a you know a maybe a learning moment for me too. Regardless of his beliefs or affiliations, obviously, an incredible storyteller. Yes. Whether, yeah, whether I like where some of those ideas may have originated from or not, like, I freaking love Jurassic Park. I love Westworld. Like, and you know, there's a
0: kind of, kind of on the, and I wish I could remember this professor's name.
1: It's that time, everybody. We're gonna philosophize for five Woo-hoo. minutes. Woo Yep. <laughs> As always, <laughs> I don't, we I have d- to. I. 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 Had, that was probably why I wanted to bring us back to Michael Crichton because I was like, well, we have to get. You gotta get the philosophy. Yeah, you know? ha- we gotta get to the philosophy um, part of the I, show.
0: I don't remember the name of this professor, and I apologize. Um, but it was I forget I forget the the course. I think it was. It was a literature course. I don't remember what it was. Um, But the thing that he brought up, um, that I I feel many artists have have brought up as well, is that whatever your intention for writing it was, the piece exists on its own to be interpreted by the audience. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, as you say, whatever, whatever fear or fascination Michael Crichton had that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the message we take away from it. Mm. Um, and that is the wonderful thing about art, is that you can interpret it as you please, either to the benefit or detriment of those around you. Um, <laughs> and either to the but it is meant to be interpreted by you, yeah. and, and, and you are meant
1: to be shaped by it. Yeah. So, And not just to the benefit or detriment of those around you, but also, for better or worse, to the possible benefit or detriment of the author. What? We yeah. could go on about that. That's the. Uh, we that's, won't. That's you know. That's, that's what, a different franchise. That's, that's what. Uh, <laughs> I have something to show you later. Oh um, uh, But yeah, that's that's part of the the beauty of art. Yeah. It doesn't really belong to anybody. Not. Even and it doesn't art. care what you think. It is Not its own thing artist. It just it's its own thing, and it exists. And that's why our foolish asses decided to try to be artists as careers because art doesn't care about what the artist wants it doesn't care about what the audience wants it just is and it lives forever and everyone can take whatever they want from it yeah but it does live forever
0: story tells itself I have found and I won't I won't get too too deep into that um but as 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 a writer as a game master as an actor whatever your initial sort of interpretations are I think the art knows what it is, hmm. and will form itself accordingly. And maybe that, maybe maybe that's me adding a little spiritual aspect to it, but that's what I found. Um. Yeah, it's its own thing. And in this case, it's a gunslinger that just won't stay down.
1: He really should have just been called the Highlander. The Highlander. He just wouldn't die. Ah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> like, when he came back as, like, the, like, melted black husk, I was like, what the hell? All right. All right. I, I literally put that in my notes. I was like, okay, so the gunslinger is the Highlander. Got it. <laughs> and then he actually died. He did. Or did he? I mean... What? Or so he thought. I'm pretty sure the, 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 the duration of time between when that death happened and the credits rolling is less than the time between... Him reappearing as the blackened husk, and when we saw him lit on fire, so we don't know. There could have been uh, there could have been extended scenes after after the credits in which uh, he's still not dead because he can't die. We just don't know.
0: Who knows? At some point, Peter looks in the mirror and says, "I am he. He is me. <laughs> I am the gunslinger now." Because uh, he, I, I did, I did wonder about that. He is effectively the only person left alive in that entire park. Yes. How is he going to get out? nobody knows he
1: has to learn how to pilot a hovercraft mm. which you know I imagine is in the skill set of most people in 1973
0: especially where as we've established the very, well, we ha- we didn't establish but as is established at the very beginning of the film in another throwaway, throwaway line he's a lawyer
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> famously capable people yes. who everybody likes he's going to negotiate his way out who of this? wrote this movie Was it Michael Crichton? Written and direct? Written and directed
0: directed by Michael Creighton. Yep. Alright. That's it.
1: Man's a bad writer. It's okay, no. Your main protagonist is a lawyer. This is who you want the people to be like connecting with and and rallying behind.
0: Counterpoint. Stan Lee, Daredevil.
1: Very different. Your main lawyers. Very different.
0: But, but, I could never like a but, lawyer. I'm but, the devil of Hell's Kitchen. Okay, I might like a lawyer. You know
1: what? You make <laughs> you, you you do make you you do make us a, a strong counter. I'll give you that. <laughs> but yeah,
0: friends, this has been Westworld 1973. Thank you for climbing out out of the uh, from. Uh, thank you for climbing out from under the rock to watch it with us. I'm Sawyer Payne. I'm Ben Wessels. And thank you, my friends. And good
1: night. We'll see you next time.